Discover the unparalleled beauty of Kanab, Utah, the heart of the parks, and the ultimate base camp for your national park adventures. Kanab, Utah offers easy access to not one, not two, but three of America's most iconic national parks. Explore the majestic Grand Canyon, hike the stunning trails of Zion, and witness the awe-inspiring landscapes of Bryce Canyon. All just a stone's throw away from Kanab. But Kanab is more than just a gateway. Locals call it the Little Hollywood. It's a charming town with a vibrant community. So whether you're an outdoor enthusiast, a nature lover, or a curious traveler, Kanab welcomes you to make unforgettable memories in the heart of the parks. Plan your journey to Kanab today at visitkanabutah.com. Your gateway to endless adventures starts here. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Jamie Dunaway-Seal about how bad bosses are destroying employee happiness and what to do about it. Jamie Dunaway-Seal, welcome to the conversation today. Hi, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from Texas. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about how bad bosses are destroying employee happiness and what we can do about it. Uh, It's always fun to kind of gripe and grumble about those bad bosses, uh, but we don't want to stop there. We want to also you know, share some ideas on what we can do with the toxicity and the challenges that we face when, when bad bosses are kind of ruining everything for everybody. So that's what we're going to be discussing together today. As we get started, I wanted to share Jamie's bio with everybody. Jamie Dunaway Seal is a content writer at Clever Real Estate, the leading real estate education platform for home buyers, sellers, and investors. Prior to joining Clever, Jamie worked full-time as a journalist. Her writings about education, government, business, and sports have appeared in Slate, the Associated Press, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and Advocate Media. Jamie graduated with a Master's of Arts in Journalism from the University of Missouri and a Bachelor of Arts in Journalism and International Relations from the University of Arkansas. Again, a pleasure to have you. I should say to have you back. You joined us for an, a really wonderful conversation maybe four or so months ago. Um, today, a slightly different topic, but it's going to be a great conversation. Uh, before we dive on in, anything else you would like to share with me or my audience about your background or your personal context? No, I'm happy 
Uh, happy that you invited me back. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. So I, the conversation today is based on a recent report. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the employee unhappiness survey and the, and the data there. Uh, and then we can dig into really what it tells us about bad bosses and why, how it's really negatively impacting uh, employees and the cultures within the workplace. Right. So uh, a few months ago, we talked about um, our great resignation survey about, you know, people leaving the workplace, but we really wanted to dig in about why people were leaving, Um, you know, not just when and how they left, but the reasons behind it. So we came up with this survey and we found that um, bad bosses were the primary driver of people wanting to leave the workforce. Very good. And it really can be. And I've done a lot of research in this space myself over the last couple of decades. And one of the biggest drivers for employee dissatisfaction, disengagement, and ultimately, you know, turnover intention and in turnover is the relationships in the workplace. Uh, relationships generally. So your relationships with your coworkers, but in particular with your boss, who do you report to and how is that relationship? And honestly, your job can kind of suck. Like you can have a lot of other negative aspects of your job and the organizational culture could be crummy. And there's lots of things that could be bad, but if you have an awesome boss or awesome people around you and your team, people tend to stick around, right? But the opposite is also true. You can have the most amazing organization in the world with all the bells and whistles and all the great things, but your boss is horrible and toxic and, and, you just dread going to work in, in every day. And guess what? Those people don't stick around and it doesn't matter how wonderful everyone else is. That boss is going to be the driver of, of the exit for many people. Um, and so I, I think that's a really great insight uh, to share right out of the gate uh, and just a good reminder for everyone. Now I'll also say that I do believe that most bad bosses have the intention of being a good boss. <laughs> like, I don't think most people wake up in the morning thinking, how can I screw over my employees today? How can I be a big jerk? How can I, uh, you know, really just foster toxicity in the environment at work? Most people don't think that way. Most people, even if they did, wouldn't know how to do it, right? And, and so I think people have good intentions and I think people want to be a good boss, um, yet we don't do the basics well consistently uh, to be able to be a good boss. And so then that's where all the horror stories start to happen. Regardless of the best intentions, the impacts are negative, And then that drives people away. Right. One of the things that we found in the study was, like you said, no one wakes up and is thinking about how they can, you know, screw over their employees. Um, harassment, discrimination, all those things are pretty far down on the list of reasons that we found that employees are um, frustrated with their bosses. A lot of the most common frustrations were things just like lack of communication, lack of follow through, um, you know, just lack of engagement. And so, you know, some, sometimes, you know, it's just a matter of bosses need to, you know, figure out how better to communicate with their employees, find out what their uh, communication style is, find out how best to encourage them because every employee is a little bit different, but also like as a leader, you are in a position where when you say that you're going to do something, you do need to follow through with that. And a lot of times um, managers do have a lot of responsibilities. So sometimes things can fall through the cracks or the 
they personally don't think it's a big deal, but to their employees, it really matters. Yeah. And that is a really, really important point because you ask most leaders about the importance of transparency, the importance of fairness and equity, the the importance of developing good relationships with your people, like go down the list. Most leaders will say, yeah, that's super important. Yeah, that's something I spend time focusing on. That's something I try to do. Most leaders will say that, like these aren't concepts that are foreign to most people. There are some old school people that are like the tough love style, autocratic kinds of leaders. Um, but I, I don't think that's you know as common. I think most people recognize the need for all of those different kinds of competency areas and to, to devote some time to it. But it doesn't matter what what we think about how we're doing in fostering relationships of trust. It doesn't matter what we think about, you know, how likable I am as a boss and people feel, you know, I I can say you can come to me with your problems and, 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 you know, be open and vulnerable. I can say those things. That doesn't mean that that's what my people actually think or feel or believe. Right. Uh, And so it's, it's all about having that regular open communication, that transparency uh, and regular opportunities to share the input that people have with you and the, the resilience and the confidence, like the, the, the security, the self-security to be able to hear the feedback that you're going to get from your people. And sometimes they're going to be off base. Sometimes they're going to say things that are kind of crazy, but you know what? You still need to hear them out and you still need to be able to look for the nugget of gold within the pile of crap that they might be delivering to you and, and look for the the value and the feedback that they're offering, because there's always room uh, for us to improve. And there's always room for us uh, to, to fine tune the way we interact with our people. Absolutely. One of the things that we found was that, um, Employees really dread performance reviews, um, but I think that, that that can go both ways. Like, you know, employees are being evaluated and managers should too. It should be an opportunity for them to, you know, give their boss feedback um, or possibly their boss's boss about how their manager is doing in a way that is, you know, confidential, but also coming from a place of being constructive criticism and not just employee griping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so let's, let's talk for a minute about some of the worst types of situations and scenarios that you, you found that have emerged from the research, um, you know, about how bad bosses are really destroying employee happiness. That's a big statement. That's a big claim, right? That they're destroying employee happiness. Um, tell us, unpack that a little bit for us and tell us a little bit more about how that's happening. Sure. Some of the most egregious things go back to communication or um, the expectations that they have regarding communication or like the lack thereof. So uh, we found two and three employees are expected to answer after hours communication. And uh, a lot of the times employees are expected to reply like, on weekends, on holidays, on their paid time off. Um, And so that to me is a little bit more egregious than just like an hour or two before or after work. Um, Especially now that so many people are working from home, you know, working hours are a little bit more flexible. So like I could see, you know, people putting up with that, but on weekends, on paid time off, that should really be a time to just completely 
unplug um, because that's really important for just work-life balance and uh, managers, although they expect their employees to respond like to their communication immediately, they don't feel the need to communicate with their employees, if that makes sense. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. And it's a hard thing. Now I've known leaders that are very aware of this and they're attuned to it. And and they would say, oh, I don't actually expect them to respond. Like they're sending an email at 10 p.m. at night. I don't expect them to respond. Tomorrow's fine. Uh, Or I send it on the weekend. I don't expect them to respond till Monday. And they might even say that in the email. The problem is when you're the, you know, when your boss sends you an email and you see that pop into your inbox, even if they say, oh, this can, no, no rush, you can get to this, you know, next week or whatever, guess what? Most people are going to feel pressure <laughs> to, to, to stop what they're doing and go respond to the email or whatever the request is or whatever. And so you really just, again, despite good intentions that you might have, the boss may be just thinking, oh, I got a thousand things. I just, this one, I just need to get off my plate. I'm thinking about it. I just want to move on. And so they, they try to move on, move it on. And I totally get that. And I've done that too. Um, but you have to recognize that when you're in a position of power and influence and authority over other people, regardless of what you say, they are going to feel like they have to uh, respond in a certain way. And so recognize that and and just like utilize the save draft function or like write your email and then send it, you know, instead of 10 at night, send it at 8 a.m. the next morning or instead of on Saturday, send it Monday morning. Like you can do that. That's actually pretty easy <laughs> to do. And so let's let's utilize those types of features uh, rather than piling on to people. Uh, and then they, like you said, work-life balance, work-life integration uh, gets totally shot. And, and that is a huge driver of dissatisfaction, disengagement. Uh, and, you know, happy home life will influence and improve happy work life. And if, if your partner is always ticked off at you for taking work calls and work emails <laughs> at all hours or during time off, guess what? That's going to negatively impact the company in the long run. Yeah. I think that's a really good point, especially uh, for new employees or maybe young employees, you know, their first job, maybe out of college, they are really going to want to impress their boss. And they may think that that's like working, you know, long hours or responding to communication immediately. Um, So that's something that I think managers need to keep in mind. And like you said, it is really easy to like on Slack, you can schedule messages now. So write something on the weekend and then just schedule it to appear on Monday morning. It's super easy. And I think it's a a great way for managers to uh, respect um, employees free time. Yeah. Honor, honor the the lives of your people, treat them with dignity and respect. It's an obvious kind of low bar, <laughs> but it, it's, it's, it's one of those things we just need to remind people of again and again and again. And, you know, I see it too, like, again, well-intentioned leaders um, where they, you know, they're busy and they recognize that they're busy. Uh, and I, they probably recognize that their people are busy, but in their mind, they're thinking, but they're less busy than me and I'm the boss, right? And so th- they'll expect people to jump through their hoops and and fit in with their schedule. And so, um, you know, they won't respond. And you'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I've been in situations where, you know, someone uh, like a boss will send me something and say, this is urgent. I need you to work on this. And I'm like, okay. So I start working. I drop everything. I start working on this thing. But guess what? Along the way, there's some 
core questions that need to be answered. And so then I send back communication to the boss trying to say, okay, well, what about this? What do you think about this? And those sorts of things. And then there's never any response, right? And so then I'm stuck and I'm feeling like there's urgency and I need to respond, but they're not responding. And so it doesn't often go both ways. I also have seen it, you know, I think most people can probably relate. Uh, This is not good practice as a leader, but you know, you're busy, you have your schedule, you, you lay out your schedule, you have meetings and whatnot, but then your boss you know, last minute calls a meeting and that totally disrupts your whole day or your week, you know? And so, you know, you, it's happened to me before where I've had, you know, I have a full slate of like six meetings throughout the day and now like a day or two be, and they've been scheduled for a month, weeks, you know, maybe multiple months. And then the bot, you know, the person I report to will come in and say like the day before, two days before, Hey, everyone urgent, you know, drop what you're doing you know, we need the morning and we're going to do a three hour meeting on Wednesday or whatever. Right. And now you're just expected to drop everything and, and respond to whatever they say. And sometimes that urgency is real. And sometimes you actually do need to drop everything. But my experience has been most of the time, it's not actually as urgent as what they're saying. They just don't have much consideration for everyone else's time. (laughs) And they just think what they're doing is much more important than what everyone else is doing. And that's one of the best ways to really tick people off and to foster distrust uh, and dissatisfaction between a boss and their people. Right. And I think uh, to talk about meetings is really interesting because um, that's one of the things that we asked about in our study is like, how long are you in meetings? And we found that one in three employees spend more than four hours a day in meetings. And that's a lot of time. So I think something that managers can be aware of is just like, does this meeting really need to be an hour? Can we shorten it to 30 minutes or can we do some sort of like async check-in on how you're doing? And this is a great way to give employees like more time. to like actually get their work done. And it's just exhausting being on zoom. Um, you know, if you're in a remote environment being on zoom that long, And just, uh, you know, even in-person meetings can be a lot. Um, So one thing that we do at my company is we have, at least on my team, we have uh, focus days where like we purposefully don't schedule any meetings on Wednesdays um, just to give everyone time to, to really dig into work that needs a lot of attention. And that's something that everyone on our team has, has found really beneficial. Yeah. I love focus days or even just focus half days or focus two hours. Like, like this time is sacred. Do not schedule anything during this time and just let people do the work that they need to do and be able to sit with the challenges they're facing and, and spend the focus time. You need, you need time to be able to get into a flow state, to be able to be your most productive. Uh, Most people can't just turn that on and off. And if you're jumping from meeting to meeting and you only have an hour here or there, guess what? You're just not going to be that productive. That's just the way it is. Um, So bad bosses, they abound. Um, and again, it's not about intention. I don't think most people are malicious. There are jerks out there. Uh, there are, uh, people that, you know, just they're, they're crummy people, but I think those types of people are quite rare, but so what do we do about it though? If I'm an employee and I'm experiencing what I consider to be toxic leadership behaviors, bad boss environment and behaviors, what can I do about it? How can I address it? Uh, and also if I'm the boss and I start to get that feedback from people that they don't like what I'm doing, how do I start to, to make some adjustments? 
Right. I think one of the, you know, possibly obvious, but easiest um, first things to do is, you know, if you have an HR rep, um, you know, go to them. Obviously, I feel like you should maybe talk to your boss about your problems first instead of immediately going to HR if you feel comfortable doing that. Um, You know, it might be an easier conversation if your frustration is like lack of communication or, um, you know, really high expectations about um, what you can actually get done. Uh, For something like discrimination or harassment, that might be a conversation best left to a professional. Um, But those are obviously the first, you know, two steps, Um, especially if you like other things about your job and would like to stay there. But, um, you know, the great resignation is happening for a reason. People are looking, um, looking for other opportunities and a better manager might be one of them. So, you know, if you feel really uncomfortable, um, it might be, might be time to leave. Yeah, and and recognize the gr- the grass isn't always greener, but we also don't need to put up with toxicity. You know, it's just like if you're in a toxic relationship or an abusive relationship, get out of there, right? There, mm-hmm. You're probably not going to change someone um, who who is constantly doing those types of negative things. But if if your frustrations are lack of transparency, lack of communication, you know that the person's well intentioned. You know that they're trying. You know that they're trying to grow and develop themselves. Um, you know, that, that, that's a big deal. And so work with them and, and help support them so they can improve so that they have the energy and the time to be able to support you. So you can improve, um, rather than just jumping ship. But anytime you find yourself in a really toxic environment, um, that's where the deck is just totally stacked against you. And particularly if you're dealing with any sort of actual discriminatory behaviors or abuse of any kind or exploitation, you know, those are times where, yeah, it's, it's time to really um, be looking elsewhere. And the, the nice thing is right now, the labor market, the way it is, uh, that there are lots of opportunities, whether it's jumping to another company or, you know, trying the trying out the gig economy and, and, and hanging up your own shingle and doing your own thing. There's lots of opportunities for people. So I don't think we need to feel as stuck as perhaps maybe people felt in the past. Yeah. And something too, you know, if, you know, it's really just not working with your manager, ask someone else in your company, if you could like transfer to a different team um, where you wouldn't be directly under that person. I think that's a, you know, it's a, at least worth trying if you don't want to leave um, and like other aspects of your job, just, you just have, you know, some issues with your boss. Um, But I I think you bring up a good point too, that like, you know, managers, you know, sometimes they're new, sometimes they're still learning and it is important to like, you know, give them some grace. And if you have been at the company a long time, if you are really experienced employee, like I'm sure that they would, you know, appreciate uh, a feedback, especially like you said, most people are genuine. They really want to grow in their own roles professionally and, and they want feedback about how they're doing and how to improve. Yeah, I, I truly believe that's true. 
Well, wonderful. Um, and how about for, for that boss who, you know, maybe you've had blinders on, maybe you've been a bit oblivious, you think you're doing really well, but then you start to get that feedback and you start to realize that, oh, maybe for the first time you've really taken in that feedback and, and recognize that maybe there's some things that it, it's beyond just, you know, the learning curve. It's, it's actually things that are actually quite negatively impacting people around you. What would you suggest as some of the, the first steps for me personally to go through as I'm trying to think through how I can develop myself? Right. I think, you know, just listening to your employees is like a big first step. Don't um, don't assume that you're doing everything right. If multiple people are coming to you with the same complaint, it's probably for a reason. Um, I think that most companies will probably have some sort of employee improvement plan, like talk with your you know, every, almost everyone has a manager. Talk with your own boss about ways to improve, get on some sort of uh, plan, maybe bring in uh, someone to co-lead beside you for a while. I think all of those are, are options. Um, but also just, you know, I think employees respond pretty well to managers who don't pretend like they have it all together and, you know, just an apology would go a long way. Um, and just like genuine effort that you're trying to like make changes. I think employees will see that and respond to that and respect that. I do too. And it, it amazes me how few leaders feel like they can just up, like a basic apology to just an acknowledgement. Like, yeah, this, you know, even, even the kind of half apology of just saying this wasn't my intention, but I really, truly am sorry that this happened in that it impacted you this way. Um, just being genuine about that is really important. And there's a variety of reasons why leaders don't do that. Sometimes they're concerned about legal liability issues if they admit fault. Um, but I, what I find to be more often the, the issue is that they just feel like they have to puff out their chest and just demonstrate power and they just need to be able to um to to foster this image of infallibility almost uh of of that they have control and that they they're doing things right and if they admit to making mistakes then there's cracks in that um that kind of image that they're trying to portray the the thing is nobody buys that image like no employee actually believes their boss is perfect uh, or anywhere close to it nobody um you know, people might be scared of their boss. And so if you use a fear-based tactic and, you know, fear-based approach and how you manage your teams, you know, that kind of, you know, uh, a power control kind of a, a, a way of, of uh, demeanor and, and of, of portraying yourself might be able to maintain that power and control. But in the modern workplace with the types of um, teams that we have uh, where we need to empower our people, that that kind of model of leadership just doesn't work. Nobody expects their boss to be perfect. Nobody expects their boss um, to, to always get it right. Everyone knows there's going to be mistakes. Nobody is thinking or buying it if you are trying to portray yourself as always right or on the right track. So just admit it. Just like have a, a psychologically safe environment where people can share their insights and where you can acknowledge, oh, man, I messed that one up. Let's figure out what to learn from that. And now we can move forward. Just have that conversation with people. When you do that, it goes a really long way that gener that being genuine and vulnerable and giving other people to do the same. 
Well, Jamie, this has just been a really great conversation. I know at the time I'm going to have to let you go here in just a moment, but before we wrap things up, I wanted to give you a chance to share with me and my audience how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyone is welcome to send me an email at jamie.seal at movewithclever.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. Me personally, it's at jamie underscore Dunaway. That's my maiden name. Um, and then we also have um, at Clever Real Estate, at Real Estate Witch, which is our sister site that this study is published on. Um, yeah, I think that's we've hit most of the most of the highlights. Um, just as a final word, I think that everyone just needs to to be genuine, be honest, but uh, critical in a constructive way. Um, realize that everyone has stressful periods at work and um, the best way to do it is to work as a team and together. So it's really, um, it's really important to just treat everyone with respect and uh, create an environment that everyone can really uh, use their talents. Um, Cause you know, if, if employees don't feel, don't feel comfortable and valued, then they're not gonna, they're not gonna work at their best. Amen. Thank you so much, Jamie. It's been a real pleasure. I encourage my audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Jamie and her team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Discover the unparalleled beauty of Kanab, Utah, the heart of the parks, and the ultimate base camp for your national park adventures. Kanab, Utah offers easy access to not one, not two, but three of America's most iconic national parks. Explore the majestic Grand Canyon, hike the stunning trails of Zion, and witness the awe-inspiring landscapes of Bryce Canyon. All just a stone's throw away from Kanab. But Kanab is more than just a gateway. Locals call it the Little Hollywood. It's a charming town with a vibrant community. So whether you're an outdoor enthusiast, a nature lover, or a curious traveler, Kanab welcomes you to make unforgettable memories in the heart of the parks. Plan your journey to Kanab today at visitkanabutah.com. Your gateway to endless adventures starts here. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.